Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. A modern retelling of an ancient parable. A certain webmaster logged on to his to post his virtual online service. As he uploaded, some postings appeared on screens, but only silently, for they were never clicked on, and therefore the preached word was never heard. The online virtual service was scrolled by, never to be noticed again. Other postings appeared on screens and were clicked on, but there was no real intent to watch the whole thing, and so quickly, after the eye-catching opening, these end users started clicking on anything else to save themselves from dreaded boredom. Still, other postings were both clicked on and listened to, at least for a while. These end users even resisted clicking on the distracting pop-up ads promising brighter teeth in just six minutes. Six minutes! But alas, when the next video appeared at the bottom of the screen with that photographer guy butting heads with a real-life elk with antlers in the wild, well, the Bible message could wait for another time. People just had to see what that elk was going to do next. Finally, though, finally, some postings of the online virtual worship service appeared on screens that played the whole thing through, even all the songs, to attentive eyes and receptive ears. And these posts were then forwarded to 100 friends. In another case, they were linked to in 60 emails sent out. And in another case, 30 text messages. A modern retelling of an ancient parable. Well, according to both the modern and ancient versions of this parable, most likely I've already lost three-quarters of my audience by this time. So for you remaining 25% out there, may God richly bless you. We're going to explore the meaning of this parable in Matthew 13, our gospel reading for today. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. What is this parable saying? To him who has ears to hear, it is describing nothing less than the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, as Jesus calls it. Jesus, who came down from heaven and dwelt among us, is a master at describing the kingdom of heaven to us uninitiated earthlings. Watch and learn. First of all, Jesus describes this hidden, foreign kingdom of what? This elusive kingdom of heaven, Jesus describes now in the most earthly of terms. Soil. You can't get more earthly to earthlings than that. Jesus talks about these four different kinds of earth in order to relate to everyday farmers, everyday people, what this kingdom of heaven is like. Okay, all right. Earthlings can easily relate to the earth beneath everyone's feet, right? Well, at the moment, not under Jesus' feet because Jesus gets into a boat 
and pushes out a bit onto the water. So everyone in the large crowds gathered there on shore by the Sea of Galilee can hear the master's voice. This seating arrangement then takes care of the physical level of hearing. Everyone able to hear the audible words that Jesus projects to the crowd. But as this whole parable points out, there is yet another level of hearing the message that our Lord proclaims. This other level is the spiritual message, the spiritual truth and meaning that Jesus wants receptive hearts to receive. In John's gospel, Jesus declares, the words that I speak are spirit and they are life. John 6, 63. And not everyone will receive that true spiritual meaning of the message. Why not? Because it is, as the Apostle Paul learned so well on his missionary journeys, and as he informs the Corinthian church, these things are spiritually discerned. Says St. Paul, quote, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness to him nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians 2.14. Paul, in so many words, is describing the first three types of soil that Jesus talks about in our parable. The three types that do not bear any fruit upon being seated with the word of God. These unfruitful types of soil, then, are like that natural man who has no root or reception of the word of God. This natural creature then, born only of Adam below, not born from above in baptism, he is going to speak his native language when he bemoans the kingdom of what nonsense? Listen, we don't even know whether there is even a heaven above or a hell below. All such talk is unscientific speculation. I'm interested in the here and now the natural man continues. I want to know whether I'm getting a paycheck this month sufficient to pay all the bills. And if there's any money left over, I'm buying me a barbecue for tomorrow we may die of COVID if something else doesn't get us. Wow. We all know people like that, don't we? We may have grown up around people like that. This parable hits home. I've been in service to this church for over 20 years now. I've seen your children grow up to have children of their own. I've seen little baptized babies learn to crawl and learn to read in our peace preschool. I've welcomed kids into their confirmation years as they become youth. And we've made space for them at the Lord's table to get their first taste of communing fellowship here at Peace Lutheran Church. And yet, despite being exposed to the word of God in so many forms, in so many settings, these same time, these same one-time regulars, sadly, fall away. Or their faith gets choked out by the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Maybe it comes in the form of some skepticism which with which with they have been infected, caught perhaps from sitting too close to the college classroom lectern. Or maybe it's their own materialistic impulse 
that they follow in their own pursuit of happiness and their own understanding of the American dream. You cannot serve two almighties, the almighty dollar and God almighty who is and was and is to come. The good life of leisure and the Christian life of continual devotion to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship of the saints, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, these two lifestyles are often at odds with each other. At least the devil would lead us to believe such a false understanding of the so-called good life. But it's really no good at all, is it, when people, young or old, fall away from the faith that saves them from this corrupt generation. And yes, the older generations are not immune to this danger either. Shallow roots won't hold steady at any age. When the strong winds blow or when the heat cranks up, both leave a lamentable empty space at the altar. The parable of the sower, as Jesus calls it, explains a lot that we see around us. Yet there's still more. While it's true that the kingdom of heaven seems to elude so many, others get it. There are many who do catch it, almost like a fever, gospel fever. They run hot with it, and they run all the way to the finish line, bringing as many as they can with them. You could say that these sold-out souls are on fire for the kingdom of heaven, on fire in a Holy Spirit, out of this world sort of way. Not starry-eyed, mind you, more like cross-eyed, with their eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of their faith, who endured the cross for them. I've seen children grow up around here in this kind of inspiring way, too. They bear fruit for the kingdom of heaven, 100, 60, 30-fold. God bless them. Young men and women of God on a missionary journey of their own to save a dying world. More often than not, these faithful young men and women of God mature into older faithful men and women of God. And it is witnessing just this very kind of spiritually productive life in the church that saves me from my own cynicism and futility. The fruit that this good soil produces reminds me again of why I take the time to prepare a Bible lesson and sow God's word or craft a sermon or pray to the God who made heaven and earth on behalf of my brothers and sisters in Christ. It's why I can urge onward my Christian comrades in arms, even in the face of opposition and tribulation. In this parable of the sower, our Lord Jesus acknowledges and alerts all those who would take up kingdom work of the reality of results or the lack thereof. Don't expect to see 100% return on your investment in your lifetime. And don't let that discourage you one bit either. Keep the faith. The seed in the parable of the sower is plainly spoken of as God's word in our Old Testament lesson today. And there it asserts God's word does not return empty. 
through the prophet Isaiah, God assures us, my word shall accomplish that which I purpose, and it shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Isaiah 55, 11. This is true. This is God's promise. As surely as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. This is why we should never be discouraged no matter how hopeless things may appear to the eye at any given moment. The kingdom of heaven is not about the eye as much as it is the ear. The kingdom of heaven comes to those who hear and understand by virtue of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who accompanies the preaching of God's word and works through it to open the minds and hearts to receive the message, to believe the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord and loves you and gave himself for you. This spiritual aspect to it is why the kingdom of heaven is called a secret. It's a secret whispered to those who have ears to hear. The Holy Spirit speaks to the child of God that he or she is indeed a co-heir with Christ and a child of the Most High. By that very same Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The kingdom comes to those sinners who recognize that this kingdom of grace is for them for their forgiveness of their sins. And it's an undeserved reward given to all those who have simple faith in this same God who disseminates this spirit-filled, life-giving message, this gospel seed, the word, so freely to all. God disseminates his word through the sower, whether that be Isaiah the prophet in Old Testament times, or his son, Jesus Christ, who is sowing the seed of the word of God even while he tells a parable about the sower who sows his seed anywhere and everywhere. Because it is God's all-powerful word, you and I can sow it indiscriminately anywhere and everywhere. Even in the most illogical, unlikely places you'd expect to get any fruit from. Like maybe a zealous persecutor of Christians who called himself a Pharisee of Pharisees? Who would ever have expected so much fruit, church plant after church plant, to have sprung from one Saul of Tarsus? God, that's who. The one who calls the things that are not as though they were. We see a Pharisee breathing out murderous threats against hapless Christians. God sees Paul the Apostle, the greatest Christian missionary this world has ever seen. So never shrink back from sharing God's good news, even to the least likely candidates for conversion. But do this always with gentleness and respect. Then sit back and watch the power of God's word do its work. Luther did when asked about the Reformation that was so thoroughly and historically transforming the contours of Europe and renovating God's church on earth, Luther downplayed his own role 
and gave credit to the unseen, unstoppable power of the word of God. Said Luther, in short, I will preach the word, teach it, write it, but I will constrain no one by force, for faith must come freely without compulsion. Take myself, for example. I opposed indulgences and all the papists, but never with force. I simply taught, preached, and wrote God's word. Otherwise, I did nothing. And while I slept or drank Wittenberg beer with my friends Philip and Amsdorf, the word so greatly weakened the papacy that no prince or emperor ever inflicted such losses upon it. I did nothing. The word did everything. God's word does everything. Freely you have received it. Now freely, like that prodigal, reckless sower, give it away. Liberally, wherever God leads you on your earthly journey. And next time you're online, watching one of our services, Grab a beer and sit through the whole thing and toast Luther. If it's too early to crack a beer, toast Luther with your toast and give praise and thanks to our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that his word is going out to all the world, the very world he loves and has redeemed in Christ. Amen. And now may he who through the word began a good work in you, bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. Amen.